0: You're listening to Inside Acting. To find out more and make a donation, visit our website at insideactingpodcast.com.
1: Hello and welcome to episode 10 Shine of Inside Acting. I'm AJ Meyer. (laughs) I'm Trevor Elgod. And on this podcast we interview actors, directors, managers, agents, um, organizational people. Specialists. Organizational specialists, musicians, and anyone involved in the entertainment industry or even on the fringes. And we put it into a little podcast and bring it to an internet near you. Yes, we do. I'm sorry. I just saw your like musical theater side come out. <laughs> your arms went up in the air and you, your back arched and you were i knew, you I knew were that. on stage for a second like, there. We're going to have to explain why Trevor's laughing yeah. right now. <laughs> I just, when I did one on Shine, like, it got very um, flamboyant for a moment. Like, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Just a minute there. It did. Uh, yeah. You know, we're just two dudes for the podcast. Um, some of us have degrees in musical theater. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> some of us, <laughs> like there 's a group, <laughs> yeah. some of us, and you know we uh we're just we just started this thing because we wanted to talk to people who' kind of been there and done that, and that 's really all there is to it we don 't uh, pretend to know everything we 've done some work we 've talked to some cool people, but we are definitely not the uh, the be-all, end-all of, of how, to, how the industry works. So, if you guys hear something on the show that you want to comment on or just chime in on, uh, please feel free to do that. You can start uh, finding out all the different ways to get in touch with us by going to our website, InsideActingPodcast.com.
1: And on this episode, we do have part two of our interview with our organizational specialist slash actress slash musician, Faye Wolf. Yeah. And so, uh, it, we hope you enjoyed the first half and the second half. We get more into her her acting music, which is fantastic. So stick around for that.
0: Everybody. Welcome to episode one hundred and nine,
1: AJ. How you doing, dude? I'm good. I, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be subdued for the rest of the episode. So <laughs> oh no! Clearly, I clearly totally shut it down. Clearly, my my flamboyant musical theater self I is shut not. It
0: down. Oh, I no, shut it down. That wasn't my <laughs> <laughs> intent.
1: I just immediately saw you like get a big smile on your face, and I'm like. If he tr- even it tries was, <laughs> to make fun of me, I'm going to be like, "Look, it, was just it so, brought you, it, was, it brought you temporary joy. It did.
0: It was just so larger than life. It was great. I wasn't expecting it.
1: These are some of the reasons why, why a video podcast would work. It doesn't <laughs> yeah. work for a lot of reasons, but every once in a while, right. we're so physically ridiculous back here. Yeah, that, uh, that it makes sense. Uh, hi, hey, dude. So yeah. what's uh, what's new in your world this week? Oh, you know, um, I, uh, I, I got a chance to, <laughs> listeners are probably sick of me saying this, uh, because I do it often, but I just think it's so important and I know you do as well, but I got a chance to unplug this week, um, and mm-hmm. I went to, uh, Yosemite, um, with my girlfriend for four days and it was fantastic, um, <clears throat> just really got a chance to unplug, get away, um it's one of my favorite places on earth. She had never been. So it was like bringing her there for the first time. And like, it's totally breathtaking. And it was also cool to seeing it through different eyes Mm -hmm. or a Mm -hmm. fresh set of eyes, I should say. Um, that's always fun. And then because it was, you know, her first time and, and I hadn't been there in a while, we, we actually did end up doing things that I had never done before. Um, we went to glacier point, which is on the, um, the south side of the valley, which I had never done before and, um, uh, saw a couple of other things, went to a couple of other places I just hadn't, I just hadn't done before. So, um, it was very cool. Got some fishing in, got a tan (laughs) out. We were outside all day in the sun. Was it just the two of you guys? It was. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It was very cool. Um, but just, you know, very therapeutic there's not a lot of st- you know middle of summer especially around fourth of july there's not a lot of stuff going on mm-hmm. uh, industry wise um i shot the day before we left i shot that music video mm-hmm. where we shot that you can say the band now right uh can you not i don't think so You're not yet i okay. think it's still like a yeah but i mean it'll go up online and stuff once it gets cut together but mm-hmm. um that was epic so yes. i did that and then we left Okay. For Yosemite, so it was like a really cool week.
0: And then you booked something recently. I've heard through the grapevine.
1: Um, yes, I well, it, sort of. It's a short film with the same director that did that music video, and we're still working on scheduling it. With Chris, yes. Oh, cool. <clears throat> um, but he, apparently he's friends with that guy Desmond from Lost. I yeah. Don't know, I'm, yeah. And, uh, he wrote like a dialogue scene and he wants me to do it with him, awesome. which is cool. So we're just trying to figure out scheduling and stuff like that. But it just goes to show, I think I, I can't remember if I said this in the last episode, but one of the things that I definitely wanted to mention is like, it just goes to show like, it, you know, it, people say it's who, you know, it's who, you know, but it's really about, I mean, we talk about it all the time about building relationships and that kind of thing. But this is the first time where anybody, anybody who's gone to, college for theater acting directing writing you know musical theater anything like that we all have this someday you will get famous i'll get famous you will be working and you'll hire me you know like basically like if you were friends with a director in college and you're like you know you'll go and you'll Mm -hmm. graduate and you'll start working as a director and then you'll hire me the actor to be in your stuff. Like we all have that sort of ideal when we're going to college together. It's like, Oh, these are the people, these are my colleagues. These are the people I'm going to be working with. Once I graduate, that, (laughs) that has not come to fruition, uh, very much outside of like the Los Angeles theater ensemble, really. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but this has been a really great example of somebody who's just like, you know, we're really good friends. Um, you're really good friends with him. I'm really good friends with him. You know he, he like you know he hires his friends. I mean, yeah, that's the way it works. That's the way it works, yeah. you know, and and it's been very cool. It's you know my girlfriend's worked with him twice now, and you know if, as soon as we shoot this short, I will have worked with him twice. And you know. yeah, that's why you know going back to Brian Vermeer, uh,
0: we quote him so much on this podcast. But when he just said this is a relationship business, he really hit it on the head. Mm-hmm. You know, people hire their friends, and it is to such a large degree who, you know, yeah. and not only who, you know, but what kind of person you show up as, you know, do you have integrity? Are you on yeah, time? You could know. Are you friendly? Are you easy to work with? Are you, you know, like all those things. It's like, you just,
1: you, could you know, you can you know getting? everybody, you and can know get, and be a tool yeah. <laughs> and no one's going <laughs> to,
0: yeah, very true. So. And we, and we, as we've said many times in the podcast before as well, <laughs> Building a relationship is as simple as figuring out what you can give to that person, what's going to enrich their journey. Mm. It might be something as simple as like, Hey, I heard you like cats. Check out this sale on cat calendars that I found online. Like whatever (laughs) it is, you know, it can be something stupid like that or not stupid. Maybe that's really cool. I don't know. But it's something that you notice about them and that you kind of add, you, you know, you take the time to kind of add value to their lives. That's how you build bulletproof relationships. Yeah.
1: I yeah. still, uh, I know I talked about it on the podcast before, but I still am so jealous of Chris Hardwick and the Nerdist podcast sending uh, Tom Hanks that typewriter. Yeah. Remember when I told yeah, the story. Yeah. Um, it's like, oh, wish I thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Damn. Damn. Uh, what were you up to this week? My friend? Uh,
0: this week, I. Don't remember. Um, the big news, and I'm not sure if I mentioned this in the last episode. I think we recorded the last episode before this happened. But talking about the letter? The letter. Uh, Did I mention this last episode?
1: I don't remember you talking about it on the podcast, honestly. But it's, it's such big news, you might as well...
0: Yeah, so I, I think some listeners know the story of my of my broken wrist and that whole kind of thing and how I don't have health insurance and getting the surgery was kind of... Um, Difficult, Uh, and then uh, I flew back to Philadelphia to have it done, and had it done. Um, Got the steel plate in my wrist with the screws. I've been rehabbing it and all all that fun stuff. But the surgery cost me fifty five thousand dollars. That's not including the ER fees and the X ray tech fees and the plane ticket that I booked. You know that day to fly back. So that was like a thirteen hundred dollar ticket. So you know a lot of money went into this um, accident. Not to mention all the work that I missed and all the um, kind of concessions I've had to make with my life and transportation all the time that, you know, long, lots of sacrifices essentially. So um, I applied for financial support from the hospital. They're a charitable hospital, a Catholic hospital. They have funds and things like that set up for people in my situation. And I sent them my entire financial life about two months ago and said, I can't pay (laughs) $55,000 thing i just don't have that laying around just yet and uh and then i just kept getting statements in the mail you owe fifty five thousand dollars. please pay in full now and i was just i called them every time i got a statement i was like so you guys got my stuff right and they're like yeah we got it we just you know the statements are like an automated thing they're like don't worry we won't send them to collections until your fourth statement and I had gotten the third statement. I was like, Oh my God.
1: It's like, shit. like,
0: when is this going to happen?
1: Don't worry. We're not going to ruin your credit until tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. So I cannot worry for 24 hours. What you're telling. Uh-huh, me. Uh-huh. Thanks guys. <laughs> um, Appreciate it.
0: And you know, this is not to discount all the amazingness that happened for me to actually get that surgery. I mean, it was, it was literally like by the grace of God that I was able to actually get back to Philly and have this done by a, a very skilled surgeon and, all that stuff. Yeah. Anyway, um, long story short, uh, I got a letter in the mail the other day from the hospital and it's a really thin envelope. Like there's only one piece of paper in it. And I think in this culture, we're really conditioned to see brevity as like rejection,
1: hmm. you know? So mm-hmm.
0: I, I could tell there was one piece of paper in there and I was like, crap, you know, this is my rejection letter or they're going to say they're only going to cover like, you know, $5,000 of it and, or whatever. And I opened the letter. I actually didn't. I put it aside for about an hour and I was just like staring at it. <laughs> and I was like, all right. So I opened it and um, it was only about three sentences long. And it said, uh, we are pleased to inform you that uh, we, we will be covering 100% of your surgery. So $55,000 absorbed by the universe. And I didn't realize how much emotion I had riding on this entire journey until I got that letter. And it was like the chapter just closed right there. And I just started bawling, and uh, I texted my dad. and he called me, and he <laughs> he literally said, "Why don't Why don't we talk when you've pulled yourself together?" Because I was so unexpectedly emotional about it. I just felt so loved and taken care of. And if I ever had any doubt that somebody up there was pulling strings for me, uh, those doubts are gone now. It just felt too the whole the whole. When I look back at the whole arc of this whole thing, it just feels too. Like, this is the best absolute possible way this could have played out. First, that I only broke my wrist, that I didn't crack my head open, break my neck, or whatever. Secondly, that the surgery happened uh, without insurance. And then thirdly, that it's 100% covered. And then I'm going to make a full recovery. Like, it's coming along pretty well. I mean, it's just, I still feel very humbled by it. It was a really kind of profound experience. So, that's really been my my war. I just, it's kind of like that was a milestone and I just, everything around that is kind of fuzzy because hmm. I'm just still so steeped in gratitude for everything that I've just been given Yeah. from the universe.
1: Yeah. That was, so. um, that was actually a pretty, maybe this could be our, our homework for this week. I really enjoyed Trevor and I, I don't know. we may have mentioned this on the show before, but we, we are, both part of a masterminds group <clears throat> and uh we do weekly conference calls and this past week the person running the call had us talk about our um peak of the week as opposed to pick of the yeah. week which i thought was great and it wasn't even a nod to the podcast but uh it sounded like it um and it was essentially the thing that we were most grateful for from that week so i talked about yosemite trev talked about getting this letter but um focusing on gratitude is just so huge and i think i mentioned the um, the TED Talk on this uh, yeah. in a previous episode. It may even been my pick of the week, but maybe we can assign some. Unless you have another idea for homework this week, maybe our assignment could be you know before you go to bed every night, either write down or just acknowledge the th- the top three things that you're yeah. grateful for 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 that day before you know laying your head down to sleep.
0: I, I love that. I think it's really good um, homework, <clears throat> and that's something that's that people from all walks of life, but especially the successful walks of life will tell you is a, is a key practice of theirs. You know, just, you yeah. know, acknowledging yeah. all the blessings in your life, regardless of your belief system, acknowledging that, wow, I have got it good. Yeah. When you really break it down. Yeah. So, should we uh, push on to these so, listener email Yeah, that we've got?
1: Yeah. So, we got an email from a gentleman named Alex, uh, who's kind of ribbing me uh, about my pick of the week <laughs> last week, which is fine, Alex. I get it. You know Imagine Dragons. Thanks, man. And no, yeah, he's he, a fan. He's a fan. He, he's a huge yeah. fan and super happy about their success. He got a chance to see them in Utah back uh, before anyone knew who the hell they were, and they actually... He mentioned uh, some of their um, early albums, which I'm definitely appreciative of. So thanks for that. Um, and he talks about um, some of his uh, recent successes and his, his plans. And he asks us a question about um, uh, Stitcher, which I don't know if our listeners remember us going through that. So you want to talk about this uh, plan yeah. he's got?
0: yeah so uh well the plan he's got I mean the success you want to start there or start with Uh, the question well i I just want to kind of acknowledge him for a sharing it with us because that's you know sometimes it can be hard to kind of swallow our pride and say this isn't working this is what my plan is now and Um, I, I just thought it was cool that he's just been so clear about what's next and like he was clear about what's not working and then he knows what's next for him. Basically he's been looking for agents, interviewing, um, doing submissions, cold calling and, uh, the agents that he has interviewed with, he's just not sold on. And so he's going to be getting new headshots and doing some other things. And, and I just thought it was cool that he just shared that with us.
1: That was actually my favorite part of the email because so many actors will take the first representation that comes their way. Yeah. You know, when they're looking for representation, they'll take meetings and then go to the meetings and someone's interested and they're, they, you know, maybe they're boutique agency, maybe they're nothing agency, maybe they're, they're, they don't really jive with the agent or manager or whatever, but Mm -hmm. because they're interested, the actor's like, oh yes, please, I need representation. Yeah. As opposed to remembering that you're interviewing them just as much as they're interviewing you. Yeah. Like you're, you know, you're the one that's going to be writing them checks So never ever 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 forget that. So that was my favorite part of the the email.
0: Yeah, totally. Um, But the second piece of it was, um, well, not really the second piece. He just kind of mentioned, "Hey, you guys aren't you're not on Stitcher anymore. What's the deal?" Uh, cause I believe Alex was, was the listener a couple years ago who actually initially suggested we be on Stitcher.
1: Oh, same guy.
0: I think so. Um, forgive me if I'm incorrect there, Alex or whoever it was that did suggest <laughs> that, but I think it was Alex. And basically Stitcher is a, is a, is a distribution channel for podcasts essentially. Um, yeah. <clears throat> In the end, we decided to take our content off of Stitcher for a couple different reasons. And I don't know if it's worth kind of clarifying them on the show here, but, um, the short version is that they run advertisements and things like that around your podcast, and then they keep the revenue from that. That's basically how they, what their business model is. And, um, they don't screen or like essentially like we could have a podcast. It's all about being vegan, for instance, and they could run a national cattlemen's beef association ad before our podcast. <laughs> and then it could, it could alienate listeners. I mean, that's an extreme yeah. example, but that's the kind of thing that could happen. So being on the show, having the integrity policy that we do, we felt uncomfortable not knowing what kind of content they were going to be running alongside our content, kind of almost in our name, and, uh, when I, I, had a few back and forths with the people who run it and they, they said, well, you know, most of our, our podcast providers don't have a problem with that. Um, you know, it's usually pretty safe content. It's like car commercials and whatnot, but I just, I didn't like, I didn't like the idea of it. So yeah. we, I pulled well, our content and Alex will
1: be, I don't, should we repost it on the website or just send it directly to Alex? There's a, let's
0: repost it actually. Yeah, it's a be, great, cool
1: blog post was a blog or an article or a response to an email or something that Chris Hardwick from the Nerdist wrote about this same exact question because Nerdist took their content off of Stitcher as well. And for the he, same reason, I for think. the same yeah. exact reason. And he wrote this whole like blog post about it or, or email response about it that kind of takes it point by point. And like, he was very cool and he was in touch with them as well. Cause obviously like yeah. that's a huge podcast and, and Stitcher probably didn't want to lose it. So, um, it's, it's very thorough. So we'll repost that so you can kind of take a look.
0: Cool. <clears throat> awesome. All right. So I think that just about does it then for the first segment here. Should we roll into this interview with Faye? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So we've got part two of our chat with Faye. And you know what was so cool about this interview is uh, her stance on where acting fits into her life at this point. Mm, and I just mm-hmm. really, I really, it was empowering and inspiring and awesome to hear someone uh, like her um be with her career in the way that she's been with her career. May her career being, you know, all the creative endeavors that she has. Yeah. So I just thought I just I, I loved it. So enjoy this, uh, everybody and we will catch you on the other side. So let's talk about the, uh, your music and, mm-hmm. and acting, because I know you said that um, you got to a point where they actually did start to kind of mm, detract from each other. You have essentially had three jobs, and, yeah. and you were spreading yourself a little thin. So like I guess where I want to start is um, with the music, that was something that kind of almost surprised you, is the sense Huge that I surprise. get. So, so what happened there? You were out here, you had your... your mm-hmm. um, order, a uh, new order, mm-hmm. um, kind of started. And then all yeah. of a sudden you started writing songs Correct. in your closet. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about this. this <laughs> fascinating
2: so, to me. so, you know, as I mentioned before, I played piano as a kid and then sort of had it trickle on, um, uh, throughout the rest of my life. And, um, actually one of the things my dad did probably the year, Uh, A couple years before uh, he passed away was he bought me this amazing keyboard, this Yamaha keyboard that I have. And I had just been yearning to be able to play a little in my home. And again, like musical theater songs, like I think in like 2004, I put on this cabaret and just sang a bunch of musical theater. Songwriting was not only not in my brain uh, then, but for most of my life. I had specifically told myself that I was not a songwriter and not a composer. And I didn't think wow. that that was a negative thing at the time when I was doing it. It was just one of those stories that I was always telling myself that I was just like, oh no, that's not what I do. I do this other thing.
1: Uh-huh.
0: <sighs> so- either or, either or, either <laughs> or. Yeah. That's
1: amazing. Well, and we just, Faye walked us into her bedroom so we could see her, her setup And I noticed, one of the first things I noticed when I walked in was there's a sign hung up above her keyboard that only says, I am a songwriter. Yeah. I didn't see that, really. It's hanging right above the the keyboard in there. Yeah. Wow. So you changed changed the story.
2: (laughs) I changed the story. Yeah. And it it changed me. And then I changed it. Um, Yeah. At the maybe winter 2007, 2008... I did not know what was happening to me. I would just go in and sit at the piano and just came out. Just stuff started coming out. And I was like, what the hell is going on? Started, you know, writing some of it down. And I didn't even know what to record things on. I mean, at that point, it was probably this like digital recorder that I was using for voiceover auditions, I think. And I, you know, put some stuff down had no idea how to use GarageBand. I'm still a beginner, by the way. Um, (laughs) And um, so I started, they weren't even like, I didn't feel like they were full things. They were just like these pieces of something. And I was scared shitless. I didn't know what was happening. Um, But obviously, there were no stakes, really. It wasn't like, Anyone was expecting anything you hadn't from me. Told all your friends, okay, I hadn't I'm told all awesome. my friends. I hadn't told all my friends. <laughs> you weren't accountable to anybody. Yet. Right, yeah. exactly. And then I slowly started saying to people, "I think something's happening in my closet. I
1: don't know what's going on." <laughs> I love that something's happening. Like, is there a monster in there? Phil? Yeah, your friends are making was. fun of you. There is was. there a monster? In
2: <laughs> And, um, I remember a very specific day, um, uh, when I was depressed, so depressed, uh, for reasons I don't remember, but I have a, um, you know, I've been depressed several days in my life. So, but it was a hard one. And, um, I had like locked myself out of my apartment, my friend. Oh, I know what it was. I, one of my clients had, uh, given me a guitar to donate and they totally gave me permission to pass it along to anyone I wanted to. Um, and I, so I called up my friend, John, who I knew played guitar. And I was like, do you want a free guitar? And he was like, sure. So he was coming over to pick up that guitar. And, uh, I finally got let back into my apartment and he came over and I was like, I don't want to like you know, I don't want to take up your time, but would you mind if I just like brought my keyboard out here and played you some, some things? And he was like, of course. And I played him, you know, I don't know how long I played for, but long story short with that piece of it, he um, got me a gig without me knowing.
0: Just from you playing a couple songs. He was for like him.
2: you need to take this outside of your apartment. Wow. And you need to do it like soon. And I was like, "Oh, what are you talking about?" He's like, "You this is something." And I was like, "Okay." He's like, "You got to get a gig, you got to get a gig." And I was like, "I no absolutely not. Absolutely not." And then I get a text from him one day and he's like, "I got you your first gig." And so It was like, I was like, what are you talking, I was like upset, I was like, what are you talking about? And I knew that I had to do it. Um, So my first gig ever was summer of 2008 with John Forrest and Zibby Allen and David Forrest, and I played a 30-minute set of the five songs that I had written. And the rest is history. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and now she's a star. <laughs> well, um, but yeah, it was crazy. And then I uh, and then I kept doing it, and I kept doing it, and um, it, was, it was it just so weird. Like it totally like took me over. And it, and it was a while before I was treating it like a real thing. I wasn't even call, I wasn't even calling myself a musician until you know, uh, after that was all happening, mm-hmm. I was playing gigs and wouldn't even allow myself to call myself a musician. Wow. Um, yeah. And then also like so organically and, and in a lovely way, uh, before I had played that first <laughs> gig, when I was in those sort of months of like, what the hell is going on? Uh, I got in touch with my friend John, who at that point was the one person I knew who was um, in the music industry on the sort of industry side of it. You know, I knew other musicians and singer songwriters, but. And I sent him these couple recordings, not in any way as a business thing. I had no, no ideas of like going into the music business, just because I wanted someone's opinion who we were, we weren't like super tight at that point. I'd known him for a long time, but I thought maybe he'll give me an opinion. That's not like a good friend that like feels like they need to butter me up or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I just want you to tell me what you think of these. And, um, he gave me his honest opinions and some of them were rather harsh and he was like super honest and he was like, Ugh, you know, on some of them. And I was like, okay, that's really good to hear. Um, Thank you. And then I was like, I guess I'm playing my first gig. Do you want to come? You know. And uh, after my first gig, he saw me and he was like, oh, you playing live is so much better than these shitty recordings that you're making. Um, You need a MySpace page. (laughs) Wow. And I was like, I am not joining MySpace.
0: (laughs) this is back in the day when this MySpace is back was in 2008 a, was, was where yeah, yeah
2: myspace uh he still needed that as a musician um long story short there he's now my manager and oh, well, um no. he for music for music only. for music, for music okay. only and um it's just been i mean it turned into like us like joking huh wouldn't it be funny if you like or my manager and like, yeah, that'd be <laughs> hilarious. And like, what if I was like really a musician, yeah, that'd, that'd be so
0: funny.
1: Yeah, yeah
2: really it really was like that period for a long time where we were just like hanging out and I was just like, yeah, that'd be so funny. And like, what if I like recorded a demo? Oh, that'd be so funny. And, um, and then it just like happened. It, there wasn't even that like big like decision-making process like are we really going to do that it was just like one day it just sort of like switched and it was just like we're naturally just doing this because it was just right and making a demo turned into it being a really pee that we were going to release and two months later there was a song on Grey's Anatomy and I was like what the hell is happening to my life right now
0: wow so it almost yeah. sounds like it. This is a question we... I'm going to do a little spoiler here. It's a question we usually wait to ask till the end of the podcast. Oh. It's one of our two kind of like... Whoosh, questions. I don't know how you even describe it except for... Uh, <laughs> um, Sound effects. Yeah. And large hand gestures. Um, but we usually ask, do you feel like this chose you or did you choose it? And it sounds like it totally just seized you. Yeah. And it, it just did. kind of... It took, it took Faye and it just ran with her. Yeah. Essentially.
2: Yeah, I mean Elizabeth Gilbert, who wrote Eat, Pray, Love, like you know, has a thing, and I'm totally going to grossly paraphrase it, but you know, this sort of that there's a force, and I don't know if she's the one who uh, I'm I'm blanking on what term she uses, but you know, and it sounds sometimes to hear it, it sounds like conceited is not the right word, but you're just like yeah, it just
0: yeah. Chose me. It chose me, you know,
2: and and God has moved through me in that way, which is, you know, it's not like I won't take ownership for it, but it's not even about that. It's just kind of like this is what's happening, and I'm letting it happen. It's I'm letting it happen, and (sighs) I'm letting it move through (laughs) me, you know, and uh, and I'm changing the story because I had no idea how negative that story was. Um, And it actually happened before that When I moved to LA I felt like LA was a place Where I was starting to change the story Because I started writing You know, the other kind of writing Like kind of script writing a little too And I wrote, um, co-wrote The script for Order She Wrote Which, you know, we ended up shooting As a five minute short But we, you know, wrote a pilot script for it And all of a sudden I was writing dialogue And I was like, I can do this And I was like where did this come from? from? And I felt like one of the things LA was allowing me to do the, the energy in LA was to be, be more, be open to more things and, and just be who I was. So, wow. yeah. Yeah. That is so
0: cool. You know, I feel like that is a hallmark of many, many, many successful artists is that they all eventually, if you talk to them long enough, they own up to, yeah, you know, it really wasn't me. I was just kind of like the vessel kind for it, it almost. Yeah. And I think uh, that uh, Ted talk that Elizabeth Gilbert did mm-hmm. is so fascinating. And Stephen Pressfield talks about that in his books. And I think that's actually the root, not the root, but the origin of the word genius. I think that's yeah. what she called it. Maybe like, it's it, actually yeah. like, it's got its roots in the Greek word genius. I think. And what it actually, we, in our culture, we, we interpret it as like, oh, you're very smart. Genius is like equated with like high IQ or albert einstein kind of thing but the original meaning of it i from what i understand is that genius is like this divine energy that would work through human beings from time to time and that that was when you were chosen it was your genius working expressing itself through you and then kind of the, or not your genius, but the universal genius i, I don't know it's just yeah. so fascinating oh, I to me
2: buy it completely yeah i buy a lot of things i'm
0: a total hippie <laughs> um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is so cool yeah that's so cool so
2: it's just felt it's just felt right you know
0: yeah um uh, i want to yeah. ask you about how because um, you said you started working with jonathan is that his name david
2: jo- john?
0: the manager oh john oh, yes john. my manager okay. um and uh and then Two months later, your music was on Grey's yeah, Anatomy. Yeah, I know
2: that sounds like so recalculous. Because there,
0: there, are like music placement services that charge a couple hundred dollars to like right. do that for you. But how did it, how did that yeah. work out for you?
2: Um, you know, John, uh, John has those connections. Um, mm-hmm. You know, John's been working in the music industry for for years and years. And uh, gosh, it was just you know one of those things where I made the right. You know, reach out at the right time, and then he passed it along to the right person at the right time, and they passed it along to you. Know, it was really just like one of those things, one mm-hmm. of those things, um, which could have happened, and you know, if it didn't happen then, hopefully could have happened in another way, another time, and. But did happen, happen to happen that fast. Right. And so, you know, I was only going to record three songs and have it be this demo, uh, you know, with a white cover and just like my name printed on it. But I had written, I wrote this fourth song and I was like, I think this is better than, than all the others. And he was like, oh, if it's four songs, it can kind of be an EP. And I was like, all right, okay, let's, I'm going to really take this on. I'm really going to like put out an album. And, um, yeah, it came out November 2009 and, uh, you know, he passed it along and, in January 2010, he was like, I think that we got a placement on Grey's Anatomy. And I just like, was, I, I didn't, it didn't even calculate. I was like, I haven't been able to get an audition for Grey's Anatomy, (laughs) 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 you know?
1: (laughs) Holy casting In, off! His, my song's on there. Yeah. We don't <laughs> care. We don't, we don't yeah, care.
2: totally. <laughs> um, and I actually, you know, um, one of the um, former head writers is a friend of mine, and and I was like, "Did you have anything to do with this?" And she was like, "No," and I was like, "Awesome!" You know, like I mean, that would have been great too, but um and um. So yeah, and then uh and then it was like unconfirmed and I was like, Okay, okay, it's unconfirmed and then like we we thought it was gonna happen and then it it happened and um I was sort of opened up to the world of I don't know, I I, I couldn't it was unreal. It was like seeing someone do you know, Sandra O oh is doing this dramatic, amazing monologue and my fucking voice is playing in the background, you know, my telling them. and I'm like It was just so surreal because there's, you know, it's been so many like, you know, TV appearances that you see and you're like, oh my God, I can't believe that's me acting on it. You know, usually Mm -hmm. judging yourself and being like, I don't want to watch this. Mm -hmm. Um, But this was a whole other thing. And not to compare it to acting in a better or worse way, but for me, it just felt more authentic in terms of this was something that I had created sort of all by myself. Um, and then someone else like took it and melded it with this other thing, as opposed to, you know, like being like, what are my lines for the, right. like the- you know, so it, it, it's yeah. a different kind of, of, of feeling. And, um, so yeah. And then it kind of 10, 2010 was a really good year for, for placing songs on, on, yeah, on some more shows and, and, 2011 dipped a little bit and starting to come back. I mean, yeah,
1: you know, it's
2: all, it's all, like I was saying before, like it's icing on life. It's mm. not the reason I'm happy. It's, um, a very happy thing in my life, but I am trying to, to be happy. Um, you know, no matter what, and it's really lovely, stuff that I'm, that I'm grateful for. Mm. And, you know, don't get me wrong. Um, they, they pay you in American money. So it actually, works. <laughs> um, and they it's pay, huge. They yeah. pay placements,
1: mean, placements, like they I was telling well. Trevor, yeah, I was telling Trevor on the way here. Like I have a, a couple of friends who are musicians who have had, um, placements, like uh, a friend uh, had something on, I think true blood it was, yeah. and it's like, a, it's like a big, thing for musicians these days like uh, yeah it's one of the ways out there and making money and- yeah
2: it's one of the ways that people can potentially survive because you yeah. know it's certainly not an album sales um and i'm really still learning about not only the history of how the music industry has worked but how it's of course constantly changing now mm-hmm. um but from what i gather you know licensing and and touring are kind of the bigger ones as opposed to mm-hmm. right as opposed to album sales yeah um yeah, yeah. that's
0: that's a gated event i mean there are a number certain number of tickets there's one location that only happens once so people mm-hmm. but with albums and stuff you can just pirate it and stream it and, yeah
2: well,
1: I not am, only that but i feel like a lot more of the money um into i mean i don't know anything about the music industry so i'm talking out of my rear end but um <laughs> i feel like a lot more of the money of the live stuff goes to the artist and the album sales. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think it depends on the deal that you have. Um, you know, I do not have a record deal, so I, um, I'm not splitting those mm-hmm. kinds of, I, you know, I have um, <clears throat> sometimes it's so confusing how it all works, but yeah, depending on, you know, I'm sure Beyonce, only gets a certain percentage right. of her. Yeah. You know, of course, it adds up at that level. She's <laughs> doing okay. But, yeah, she, but she's doing. She right, okay. not worry
1: about right. um, I know it keeps you up at night.
2: <laughs> but you know, like <laughs> I make fine. more on the on the ninety nine cents right. than other artists do. I just sell.
1: Yeah, it's like, a great way to look at it. Two songs, yeah. Where, 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 percentage-wise, yeah. Like, percentage-wise, hey, percentage-wise <laughs> I make more than Beyonce. Okay, yeah. so so you so you don't have a record label. So,
0: <laughs> I don't. So is it? Uh, I mean, how does that work?
2: I do have a. Um, you had to I have a publishing right? deal. Yeah. Um, and uh, and and people who shop my music around, um, really awesome people who, you know, are the. Essentially, you know, to relate it to acting, just agents essentially who are pitching my music to, to, to certain places and also hooking me up with different people to co-write with and all kinds of cool stuff. And that's again, something I'm very grateful for and still learning how it all really, really works. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, music supervisors are sort of the equivalent of casting directors. and um, huh, so
0: There's a lot of crossover there.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Wow. And, yeah. So. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So that's so cool. How yeah. did you, yeah, I was going to say, uh, you know, you talked earlier about, and Trevor was mentioning, we wanted to bring this up again about the, having the three full-time jobs thing and like how yeah. they started to sort of take from one another when you started getting placement and things started taking off for you musically, at what point did you then go, wait, hang on a second. I did want to act at one point. Right. What was that about? And, and realized that it was taking away from, uh, your acting. And then how did you respond to that? Yeah. My question is,
2: it was definitely a, a, a several years process of transition and figuring out what I really wanted. And, you know, I will say that, uh, I mean, you know, I'm 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 always going to be an actor. You know, I think people are very quick to be like, you quit acting. (laughs) You know, like, oh, are you still like? One of my biggest pet peeve questions in the whole world is, are you still acting? (laughs) (laughs) I will punch you in the face (laughs) in my brain if you ask me that question. It's just like
1: (laughs) brain punch.
0: Brain (laughs) Brain punch
2: you. Oh, it just like feels like so uh it brings up so much. Yeah, um,
1: yeah, I, yeah. I think we get it from our families too, yeah. like right? Like actors. Yeah, I'm like, um, how's it going? Yeah. By the way. I'm like, right. Have you seen me on any major television shows recently? Don't you think you would know? You're my family. You're my friends. How's it going? Are you working on anything? Totally. Yeah, Yeah, I'm doing something in a nine-seat theater. Not 99 seat, seat nine-seat theater. (laughs) There's more people in the cast than we usually have in the audience. We had to cancel two shows last (laughs) week because nobody bought tickets. Everything's fine, Mom. (laughs) And that is acting. (laughs) And that is
2: acting. You know, I kind of feel like even if you're doing a skit for your friend's wedding or something. Like, you're an actor. You know what I mean? Like, Mm. it just doesn't... I love that. It doesn't leave you, uh, and it's not dependent on the work you're doing, whether or not you have agents, you know, like, so...
1: Well, and everybody does it, whether they call themselves an actor or not. Right. People act like they like their job, so, you know.
2: (laughs) Exactly, exactly. That's just a quick tangent. Like, one of the other things I've kind of found about having my own business and stuff is... Just how creative so many different things can feel when that you didn't think of before. You know, I think there's this whole like nine to five corporate anti thing. And I'm like, there are some really creative jobs out there. And structure like makes me feel so creative. So, like, I would almost love the idea of a nine to five job. Mm So, um, anyway.
1: I think it came up on the podcast once. It was a guest. We had a whole conversation about how like, If you, if you speak, if you're speaking to a brain surgeon they're telling you about the, about human anatomy, biology, like about, I can't remember who we were talking to, but it was like biology is like an art. Yeah. It's like, I don't know how to do open heart surgery. Like what you do is an art. Yeah. Yeah. It is, you know? And
2: you're the kind, you know, you're one of the best at what you do because of the way you do it, Mm. not because you're following, you know, you, you've learned your things and then you're putting your spin on it.
0: Mm. Yeah.
2: Um, so I'm trying to, trying to summarize the sort of, you know, so basically after I started my business, then I had two full time careers, which was hard enough. And, you know, luckily when the business started and I was getting a bunch of clients, I say luckily, but you know, I, I wasn't auditioning that much and it was kind of slow and, and then it started to not get slow and I was like, Oh my God, what am I going to do? And then I just sort of worked it out and and made it all happen. And, you know, I've always had this policy of cancellations with my clients and have rarely needed to enforce it. But since most of them are in the industry, like, they've always gotten it. It's always been cool. But, you know, also at the expense of then making income that day. Because if I have to cancel for an audition and then I don't book that job, I haven't organized that day and I didn't make money that day. So. That was always hard. Um, and this was before music. So then music came around and did me. <laughs> 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 Laid me down and did me.
0: Yes. Um,
1: <laughs> that is one for the books, <laughs> right? <laughs> I don't, it's too bad it, it won't make sense out of context. I'll put that on the website. <laughs> yeah. Music came along and did me.
2: Did me. I I love italicized. That. I love and so, yeah, it was a couple years before I was like, oh, this is, you know, this is really happening. How am I going to do it all? Because, you know, I wasn't, you know, the the work I've done as an actor, grateful for it. So grateful for those residual checks. But it certainly was not the entire income. I had to, I had to keep organizing. And um, music, you know, hadn't, you know, taken over enough. And, and so it was like, can I really, I didn't, I don't like to half-ass things, you know, if I'm in it and I'm being an actor, I want to do all the things that I need to be doing. I want to just be on it. And it just really started to feel like I wanted to be doing music a little bit more.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And that that was really turning into my therapy in a lot of ways. And, um, I just knew that I, I had to be 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 focusing on it, and it took me a little while. Uh, basically, last last pilot season a year ago, I kind of asked my agents to stop um, submitting me, and you know, which I had over the years. I had actually done that an, a different time when I kind of felt like I needed to just focus on paying my bills and stuff and it never really took and, and I did want to you know keep going back out and stuff and basically this last pilot season I was like yeah please you don't have to submit me and and they were lovely you know so lovely to not be like well screw you it's not even work yet you know they were mm. they were lovely to 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 keep me on but I was like yeah I just don't think I want to do anything unless it's like really special tell me about it whatever and then just this past pilot season list auditions just kept coming in they kept getting, sending me appointments and i was like eh, cool all right and then once it's in your face once you get the email you're like well i gotta go in on that right, you know right um yeah. but you don't know what you don't know so <laughs> i um you know after going on some pilot auditions I, I another thing that i just like knew in my gut like gotta move to la gotta start a business uh gotta stop auditioning wow yeah um I don't know if that's going to be for one year, five years, 10 years. I have no way of knowing, and that is okay with me. So, but you're not auditioning
1: I, at all right now? I am
2: not auditioning at all right now. I, of course, like if a friend calls me up and is like, do you want to do this thing with us? Sounds awesome, great. If, you know, if something comes to my agents or a casting director or something or someone who knows me, Awesome. I will absolutely like, you know, read something or look at something or, you know, for sure. I love Mm -hmm. acting. Mm -hmm. I love acting. Um, I do not love auditioning. In fact, uh, I very much dislike auditioning and um
0: i don't think you're alone in that i do not think i'm alone in that <laughs> yeah.
2: i do not think i'm alone on that and i you know i won't go too far into that but it was basically the kind of thing where i was like okay i want to be making music and i want to wake up and know that i can can make music that day and i want to wake up and know that i can go see my client that day and i want this structure in my life and because i have such a strong left brain thing in that like structure way The whole lifestyle of auditioning, never really quite... Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know if anyone gels with anyone, but it seemed to be getting, as technology gets faster and faster, the lead time for auditions seemed to be getting smaller and smaller. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: And I could really feel it. And I was like, man, that like 6 p.m., email with like 11 pages of sides and you got to be at Sony at 10 a.m. like you know thank you so much this makes me crazy mm-hmm. um,
0: yeah.
2: I you know I don't want to cancel my client and I you know the whole things that I've been saying yeah, yeah. and um, it was just one of those things where it was like oh my god you're about to take this thing off the table and of course there's you know thousands of people in this town who'd be like I can't believe you're turning down like and it's just like I'm a human being first, you know, Mm -hmm. and I'm all the other things second. And I need to be aware of what's making me happy and sad. Mm. And it was making me feel too crazy. And I wasn't able to give it my all. And I'm doing this other thing. And and I thought the most respectful thing for everyone, like for all those other people. Great. Now you can go. You know, like I was like, I'm not fully in this right now. And, you know, I do sort of have visions of the future where I'm like, I see some independent film set, you know, somewhere and, and I'm so excited and I don't feel like it needs to happen today. I'm just like trusting that if my heart wants to, you -hmm. know, do whatever format, you know, I've been used to do, like, it'll just come back around. Like, I have to just trust that. So I... I thought that three full-time jobs was too much. So now Mm -hmm. I'm back down to two and I'm like, and that is crazy. You know, I'm not able to do all the things I want to do in each of those because I have the other and that's just where I am right now. And we'll see what, you know, what takes over, Mm -hmm. but there are things that feel so lovely and creative about both of them. I love writing this book proposal. I like finish writing it and I'm like, Oh my God, that was so fun and creative and who knew, you know? Mm -hmm and um i leave a client's house and they're like you i can't believe what we just did and that feels great and i went on a date with someone recently and then it didn't work out and i wrote a song about it and that i feel great you know (laughs) (laughs) um so it's just oh and guitar lessons started guitar (laughs) lessons a couple months ago and that's Look, we were talking about the library, how amazing the library is. Mm -hmm. You know that you can sign up for a lesson for something, and then someone teaches it to you, and then you know (laughs) how to do the thing. I mean, it's like these basic things. It literally took me 20 years to sign up for guitar lessons, and that's been staring me in the face, and I've been afraid of it. I mean, Uh talk about not... Like, literally having a guitar staring me in the face for years and not calling myself a musician. It's like... Mm -hmm. (laughs) So... I'm just finding these little things that are bringing me so much joy and, you know, it's no, no disdain for acting, no, no loss of love, just sort of jumping off cliffs and trusting that the time will, time will come back if it's supposed to.
1: It's, it's not just the, the no disdain thing that I'm hearing you, that I'm hearing in your voice and in your, just the, the way you be about it, like. What I love about what what you're saying and how you're being about it is it doesn't sound like you're, like, beating yourself up. Right. Which I feel like a lot of actors or artists or whatever would do if they were like, you know what, I'm going to put this down for a sec. Because we, we have a friend, um, I'm thinking of Maddie, you know, where he, like, he basically, like, put down acting for a long time to go focus on music. Mm-hmm. He was in a very successful band for a while. Yeah. And, um, you know, they did some really awesome stuff. Um, and he's not doing it anymore, so. Um, but... You know, there was no beat up about, you know, letting go of acting for the time being. And it sounds like, you know, it was tough. I mean,
2: I I certainly can't say there was none. Um, You know, there's definitely a little, you know, guilt and and what have I done? I just spent, you know, I went to college for it. I did all this work for it. Blah, blah, blah. blah. Am I throwing it all away? That, you know, there was definitely some of that. Um, But I don't actually believe that any of those things are. True, and I don't think any time was wasted, and I think it's what it was all supposed to happen this way. So, it but it, yes, it eventually came mm. around to being like this is you know it's it's okay, you're well, okay,
1: and not only that, but you have an outlet.
2: Yeah, you have yeah. A, you have
1: an artistic outlet. Like anything that you've learned, anything, and you know that one hundred twenty thousand dollars you spent, and those best friends, and and your experiences in college, and your experiences acting and doing musical theater. It's like. Write a song about it. Like, yeah. You know oh, I mean? yeah. The, like, it's it's yeah. all an investment. exactly. <clears throat> like yeah. I'm, I, I don't know if this is an un- unhelpful story either, but I don't consider myself a musician necessarily, except for my my vocal instrument, because I went to school for musical theater as well. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I I feel like for a musician, maybe you can speak to this, Trev. I feel like for for a musician, anything that you experience in life is is is, totally. is material. Absolutely. Anything that you experience oh, is yeah. material. So it's like any experience, you know. Even, 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 like write a song about like you know what I'm putting acting down for. for yeah, right, oh. right now, you know. Oh yeah, <laughs> you're like, like, I got a whole Yeah, album yeah. yeah. Totally. <laughs> There's several I've already written. Yeah, um, you know. So yeah. um, exactly, that's really cool. I'm, 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 I've been inspired multiple times during this interview, and I'm experiencing that right now.
2: I'm inspired by you guys having this podcast. It's awesome.
0: You know, I, I'm, uh, I'm having a little bit of, uh, I'm in a little bit of a moment right now because, um, I am the kind of person that really beats myself up for not giving due attention to the literally like millions of things that I'm like, I'm going to do that. That's going to be my life. You know, like, here we go. Oh yeah. I got 24 hours in a day. Like there are people who do amazing, you know, like, and I hold myself to these ridiculously high standards and then. And then I'm like, I go to bed at the end of the day I'm like, I, I spent four hours on this thing and I didn't give any time to this thing and oh my God, I'm a failure. And like, Mm. you know, and, and just hearing, and I, I don't think it's a coincidence that, um, that this, that, hmm, how can I say this? That the, all right, woo woo alert, that the (laughs) music chose to express itself through you Because you're you have the sense that I get is you have this kind of energy that's just kind of it's it's just looser, it's just more fluid, it's more I exist in the world and it's a give and take rather than trying to hold on tight and control things. Yeah. Which is where I tend to come from a lot, and I'm really working to get closer to where you are, I think, which is just a looser, more like, well, maybe this isn't my thing right now. But life is short, but also life is long. long So you get to kind of trust that that there is a mm, hand in things and that if you were just open to it, that these things will happen when they're supposed to. And yeah. we, we all think that we have to be you know, like, God, I'm, I'm 32 years old and I'm a failure. I haven't had these things happen yet. And it's like,
1: no, I'm,
0: I'm getting, I'm having a moment now where you're just like, yeah, I can let go of acting for now. But when you said, I'm trusting that somewhere down the line, if there's maybe yeah. film or something that that right. will happen.
1: But right or now, H. my heart says this.
2: Or star of an NBC comedy. Who? Sure, I'm, I'll yeah. take
1: that, too. Yeah. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Where I close any doors. <laughs> which guest was it that said, um, wear life like a loose garment? Oh, was that? Ooh, that's oh, that's good. Who said that? That was brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, was that? Who was that? I don't what remember. Was the guy who was on uh, Mad Men? I don't remember who that was.
0: Yeah. But, yeah, Law that was attachment. a good one. We, yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. God, I love that. And, and. What a happy rewarding way to live a life.
2: I've been I've been trying. I've been trying. <laughs> yeah, I mean I've certainly you know, and we don't have to get too much into it, but for sure been on a spiritual path as well and mm. and definitely have a history of being a perfectionist and a control freak and have been able to see progress of letting those things go mm. and been incredibly rewarded when I'm able to do that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And and what I love is that you're not putting them in the ground. Right. And burying them. No. You're just like. That's
2: who I. I'm just going to
0: consciously put it over here for the moment. Yeah. And if mm. it wants to come back, it will let me know.
2: Totally. And I still want <laughs> things to be the best they can be. You know, I'm yeah. not going to put out uh, an album cover that I think could have been better. You know, you right. know. <laughs> right. But. You know, whatever it is, but I could totally relate to the, I had a night on the couch the other day where I was like, oh, I didn't get to that thing, and I didn't get to that other thing today, and then I was like, yeah, but you did, like, 47 other things that you needed to do, <laughs> right. and you're allowed to now shut down the computer and watch a movie, or, Ugh,
0: go." Yes. I mean,
1: like... Allow yourself. Yeah. yeah. You we know? both had the same reaction. <laughs> Clearly, we need to be doing this. I know. We're, I know. We both were like, oh, yeah. 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 What's that like? I
2: stopped watching television for. I was like the biggest TV watcher out there. I knew every show, I knew everything that was going on. And I shut it down. It was during the height of these like three careers. I was like, I don't have time. I don't have time. And, um, Whether or not I had less time, it was really that I wasn't allowing myself to play anymore. Mm. And um, I have slowly brought back play into my life, and I'm more productive, because I'm happier, and it's like... so awesome. It's it's been, you know, taking walks and, like, really doing that, you know? I mean, the Smell the Roses thing is for (laughs) real. It is for real. Yeah. So...
1: It reminds me, it reminds me so much of that Gandhi quote that we talked about last episode. I I was telling Trevor that I'm, I want to start, I'm committed to starting a um, daily meditation practice because it's something I've always wanted to do but haven't. And there's this quote that I will completely butcher for our listeners that I talked about in the last episode where he says something along the lines of, I cannot waste a single minute of this day. I have a, I have a, so much that I need to accomplish. So because of that, I'm going to meditate for three hours instead of two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Oh, I
2: love that so much. Yeah.
0: <laughs> wow. Well, you know what's so cool is through this podcast. The play I'm, is like a I'm, form
1: of meditation.
0: Yeah. Is the, yeah. Is the button on yeah. that. Yeah. What I'm for learning sure. through this podcast is the more people we talk to and, and the more I'm... And the more we, we get to sit down with people like you who are just just intrinsically have kind of there's happy, you know, they're not putting, they're not placing happiness on, but it's not results based happiness. Right. Basically. Exactly. Um, exactly. And, and I'm just realizing, I think I came into this industry thinking if I'm not like, you know, on my shit and accomplishing things and checking things off my list and making phone calls every minute of every day that I'm not successful.
1: Right. I think we all come into that. Yeah. The yeah. industry
0: With that. And I'm, I'm learning that the secret is that that's not how it works at all. Mm-hmm. That's totally backwards. Mm
1: mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, or at least you do those things because yeah. you are having a good time. Yeah, you know, it's like yeah, it's, it's like Alan. It. It's like yeah. Alan Barton that comes up all the time. We interviewed uh, this uh, gentleman named Alan Barton. And he said, "Do the admin you love."
2: Yeah. Oh you know, man, that because
1: if, if you're clicking, so if you're glad on, you said that <laughs> if you're on Actors Access or whatever, clicking and submitting, clicking and submitting, clicking and submitting, and it's making you depressed. Which mm-hmm. that was me for like three years after college. He is like, just stop. Yep. Do something that makes you happy. That's in the same. That's going to you know take that time and put it into something that's going to actually make you creatively uh, fulfilled. Yep. You know, so do the admin you love. It's like, yeah, yeah. It, you, you know, <clears throat> it's not about being lazy. It's about being um, happily productive. Yeah. yeah,
2: and outsourcing things. Sometimes that you,
1: how much would you charge me? <laughs> Cause my room is a mess,
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, but not being, but which is, you know, essentially not being afraid to ask for help, you know, yeah,
0: yeah. you know, and a lot a of people
2: way. are like, Oh, I don't deserve a, I don't deserve someone to help me with that. Yeah. Even if it's something that you can afford sometimes, yeah. you're like, Oh, that's, that's for other people. It's an indulgence. Can, or, yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, yeah, anyway, this has been absolutely fantastic. Yeah. I'm so grateful. We had the opportunity to sit down with you. Um, so, so thank you so here. much. We have one last question. We already okay. asked the one, we already asked the one question and we, we established that, uh, it shows you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, the second question is,
1: do you want to if you could? Off? Yeah. If you yeah. could take everything that you've learned and for you, gosh, it's like, There's so many different areas. So there's acting, there's music, there's your organizing business and the, you know, psychological stuff that goes along with it Mm -hmm. and just life in general. If you could take everything that you've learned, all of your experiences and boil them down to one nugget of advice for humanity, for someone who's just starting out for the world, whatever it is, what would that nugget be?
2: Well, I think that, um, Uh, And I know what I'm going to say. I'm just trying to figure out how to relatably uh, phrase it. But I feel like what I've learned with myself, with all of this, and which I think applies, I've seen it apply to a lot of my clients as well, um, I think it's all about worthiness. All of it. Mm. All of it. Mm. And I wasn't calling myself a musician because I didn't believe that that was okay you know that that was Mm -hmm. something i could you know be and um i always was an actor so it's sort of never really i was like yeah of course i'm gonna be um but with having a business like am i worthy of being a a real business person and all that kind of stuff and i still deal with it all the time oh my god i can't believe i charge this and all that kind of stuff yeah and you're fucking worth every penny you know um And I just feel like certainly with this music thing over the last few years and just being like, what am I doing? What am I doing? Who am I? Who am I to just like all of a sudden be, be, be doing this? Like, who do I think I am? And those kinds of voices, um, and walking into casting director's offices and not, and feeling like they're better and they have the power and all that kind of those dynamics. I think that's all about worthiness. And, um, I believe, or for myself, when I have been able to plug into that, everything else just falls into place. So love, 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 self-love, love of others.
0: Wow. I'm in. He's apple. <laughs> <Good word. laughs> wow. Um,
2: you know, no big, but I'm sure many people have, you know, that's, that's no,
1: I'm just gonna let I this, this <laughs> go out on silence. <laughs> Everybody, yeah, <right>. <laughs> right. hold your breath. <laughs> yeah, press no, the that's, pause button. That's really I didn't easy.
2: make it up, but yeah, yeah. Brene Brown's work is a, some yeah. of my favorite work that's out there right now.
0: Brene Brown? Brown.
2: Brene Brown. B R E N E Brown. She, I think, is uh, plugging into does this
1: she, does vulnerability. She also have a, a, a TED talk.
2: Mm. She does. She has a TED Talk that went viral. Yes.
1: And, so when yeah, you started talking about team. self-worth, that was the first thing that came to yeah. my mind. I was like, who's that? What's the name of that woman that gave that TED Talk? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, mm. Yeah. We get to recommend that to our guests. Totally. On the website. It's it's beautiful. Her I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about.
2: And her series, The Power of Vulnerability, is like... What's awesome is that she's just so relatable to listen to because she's just like, you know, again, I'm a total hippie and can totally get into the you know for lack of a better term woo woo kind (laughs) of being talked to but she's not you know she's just like on the ground talking to you about how you need to love yourself and it's it's so good
1: yeah Mm. yeah she's very funny yeah very funny so, oh, Faye, if, if people want to find out more about you, whether it's your acting, your music, your organizing <laughs> <Yes>. business. <laughs> I'm going to run out of breath before I get to the <laughs> end of the things that you do. <sighs> um, where, where can they find out more?
2: I have more websites than anyone should have. Uh, the sort of hub website where you can find the other websites is faywolf.com. Um, if you want to go straight to the music, it's faywolfmusic.com, And my organizing website is NewOrderOrganizing.com.
0: Awesome. And you've got newsletters for, I know at least for the music and the well, organizing.
2: It's funny when you said do the admin you love because I hate doing newsletters.
0: <laughs> 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 I've gotten a couple. I signed up like, uh, almost like a year ago, I think, when I found out about you. And oh, I've uh, gotten a couple. Yeah. Some music
2: yeah. ones. Yeah. If I'm doing a show or something's happening, I'm, uh, trying to get better about the, the clutter ones, but you know, you can't do it all.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Okay, but, yeah. awesome. And then you're on Twitter as well.
2: On Twitter, on the Facebook, and um, yeah. you cool.
0: know. Cool. We'll make sure we include links to all of that on our mm-hmm. website for our listeners to cool. stalk you. Um, <laughs>
2: <laughs> sure.
0: And we'll post your phone number and address and all that. <laughs> you know. um, Faye, this has been amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you seriously. so
2: much. I'm honored that you wanted to have a chat.
0: Oh, it was our pleasure. Thank you.
1: everyone welcome back i hope you enjoyed the second half of Faye wolf's interview um like trevor was saying my favorite part was just about like you know how much we spent how much time we spent talking about her just being making sure she was doing whatever it took to be a complete human being yeah not uh, which which is really synonymous with being a complete artist um and how that has sort of you know supported her and doing everything that she's been doing as an actress, as a, or not as an actress, as mm-hmm. a musician. Uh, and even in her um, her thrival business, which she created, there were some definite knowledge bomby moments there. <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally. And you know what, that, that whole segment
0: right there that we just had with her is actually a nice uh, juxtaposition with our listener pick of the week this week. Uh, when we get to it, it could be a neat way to kind of compare and contrast the two different ways that somebody could go about handling kind of spiritually, uh, this career and then based on results, how that, how that works out for them. That's really, Um, that's a really interesting point. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, we will get to that in a minute, but, um, before we do, we did want to mention that we got a a really cool voicemail from a listener, Catherine. KGS, you know who you are, Um, and she was um, one of the first to submit uh, what we put a call out in last episode, which was for those kind of um, unexpected actor thrival jobs, Mm -hmm. that kind of various ways that maybe people are supporting themselves during, you know, supporting the habit, as it were, Um, but that may not be your typical like waiting tables, bartending kind of thing, and we did do a whole episode on this years ago. Um, but I think it's time to revisit it and maybe actually have our listeners uh, provide all the content. So um, if you've got uh, an unexpected kind of travel job um, like uh, Catherine does, please uh, record an MP3, send it in, uh, call our voicemail line, record uh, a little bit about that, send it in, and we'll, we'll uh, put them all together into a, a segment. And I think that it could be really cool for people that are maybe looking for something
1: else. Yeah, I've been thinking a lot lately about the possibilities of putting together as many passive income streams as possible. And then seeing if that supports and building up to something mm-hmm. substantial, you know? Cause like, <clears throat> I think it was, um, I think Ben sent me an article recently, well, not recently now, probably like six months ago or something, but it had all these different like passive income things and they were very, I mean, just very minimal. But like one of them, for instance, was like, um, allowing those companies to wrap your car, oh my you God, know, so that you wow. drive around in your car as like a, you know, driving advertisement, but it's yeah. like, I'm an actor, like, I don't care. Like my car is to get me from point A to point B to get me to an audition. Like, I don't care if it's got some stuff on the outside. Like, what do I care if it's, you know, right. and that'd be so cool, like, you know, get paid to just you know, have something on my car. It's passive. Income, That's interesting. Yeah. You know, so anyway, I've been thinking about a lot about, I'm, I'm currently making a list of all these things that are potential passive income and just, I don't know, see what happens.
0: Cool. Put cool. it out there, see what happens. Yeah. Stock photography is another one. Uh, and you know, we have pretty good cameras in our phones now and I'm not, you know, who's to say that you can't shoot some stock photography with your phone and then put it up on one of those stock websites.
1: Yeah. Might as well, huh?
0: Yeah. Uh, if you're into that,
1: so, um, pick of the week, dude. What you got? So, my pick of the week um, is very nerdy, but very useful. <laughs> it sounds so cool. So you were telling me about
0: it before. I can't wait to dig Dick
1: around, even though you're going to think it's nerdy. I actually got a nod, give a nod to a friend of the podcast, Gadali Gubrick for this one. But it's called um, If Then, Then That. Um, and it's an online service. Um, they just released an iPhone app this week. Um, I'm not sure if they release an Android app at the same time. Um, but so it's, <clears throat> it's a good time to kind of make them the pick of the week, but, uh, because the, their iPhone app literally just launched this past week and it's already one of like the featured productivity apps in the, um, app store. Um, their website is IFTTT.com. If then, then that. Um, so ifttt.com and basically what it is, is it's kind of like, you know, if anybody out there remembers high school geometry, which they're probably hating me for even mentioning at this point, um, you know, remember proofs in, in geometry, like you, you, if this is true, then this must be true. So, um, you basically set up a, a set of criteria on this website. And then, um, if that criteria is met, then a certain action takes place. So they call them recipes and you can actually browse, you I can like actually that. browse recipes that other people have made, or you can make your own. Um, but what it does, is it allows you to s- essentially log into, um, every online service, um, Uh, that is out there pretty much, Um, every online service or or, um, iPhone app or um, Gmail or Dropbox or, uh, you know, even sending SMS messages and combine them into these interesting recipes. So for instance, if you wanted to get a text message uh, every morning, if it was going to rain, that's something that you could set up. So there's like a weather app And it's like, you know, you can say, if it's going to rain in my city, then send me a text message to my phone so that you would know to like bring an umbrella that morning or whatever. When a new book is added to the Kindle top 100 free eBooks, you can get an email sent to you. So like there's an RSS feed, um, which for those of you don't know, stands for really simple syndication. There's, so there's a feed online that updates with every time a new book is added to the Kindle top 100 free ebooks so it sends you an email so if you have a Kindle or you use the Kindle app on any of your electronics you can then download that free ebook is this a
0: free service
1: it is yeah and all a free you, app as well all you have to do is 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 sign up and how, then
0: how do these guys make money
1: i don't know I don't well understand. i mean it's 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 very simple so it's not like i don't think there's a lot of back end work cuz their servers aren't doing any of the work really like all they all they are is a trans like it's transient. It's like they're just a catalyst. They mm-hmm. they connect the other services. So you know, there's you, you can use Gmail, Dropbox, Evernote, um, Flickr. Uh, you know all these different services, Instagram, Twitter, and they're not. You know those services exist, and those services are paying for their servers, and those services are paying for their space, and those servers are paying for their services. So if then then that is not. They're, all they're doing is allowing for the um, the recipes to be built and actually enacted. So, like earlier, Trev, you were saying, like it's kind of like Automator for the Mac. Well, yeah, it's it's an automation service, but it allows you to connect to all of these um, online services. And there's so many different. Like, it's it's really crazy, like how um, how deep you know it can go, so to speak.
0: Wow! All right, so ifttt.com.
1: That's right. Yeah, it's. Re- I know. I get that it's random, but once you get in here and start looking around, you're going to be blown away. Yeah. I'm it, not. I'm not doing a very. I'm not doing it justice. <laughs> I'm not doing a very good job of explaining it. It but, sounds like
0: on the surface it's a really fun toy that then could very quickly become one an indispensable tool. Yes. You know. Yeah.
1: It and like I said, if you use it as a um, uh, combination of productivity and maybe even marketing, it could be really uh, yeah, it could be a very, very, um, integral tool. Cool. Absolutely. Awesome. Um, so anyway, I'm done nerding out now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm glad
0: you nerded out. That's awesome.
1: <clears throat> um, so what's your pick of the week? <clears throat> Excuse
0: me. Uh, my pick of the week, um, is a little self-serving, but that's not my purpose. In it. Um, so a lot of the listeners know that I teach this, this class with David H. Lawrence, the VO to go go classes, which are centered around voiceover. And, uh, I really love it. I do it once a month. It's usually three modules kind of crammed into one five to seven hour session. So it's an intensive. And I've done, uh, three or four of them now and it's a lot of fun. And one of the perks of it is that I get kind of access to David's vast expanse of knowledge and the different kind of products he's put together. Uh, so I can kind of take that and then Forwarded on to the people in my class, and the, the one of the modules in this most recent class was becoming a union signatory. So taking all those non union gigs that you uh, may run into, as uh, specifically for the class of voiceover talent, but as actors that we may run into on the breakdowns, on all the different casting services, whatever, and then how to become how to become a producer and then turn them into union projects, basically. And essentially, it's not only um, doing that for yourself so that you're playing by the book if you're union, but also it's adding another skill set officially to your toolkit, which is becoming a producer. Like literally what you need to do to be a producer on a project, the paperwork you have to fill out, who you have to talk to, the steps you have to take, the requirements that you have to meet. And it's just a really great um, primer on what actually needs to happen. And, uh, it's, so it's, it's, just cool. And the video is available on his website for $75. So it's, it's not cheap, but you also get a copy with it. If you're a voiceover artist, you get some sample copy, uh, as a PDF. And then you can watch that video as many times as you want. <clears throat> and then of course, uh, if you are a member of his vo 2 go service, um, that class will be coming around again sometime in the future. So you can actually go to the live class as well and ask questions. And David's really receptive to questions as well. So if you have questions for him, I'm sure you could shoot him an email and he'd be happy to answer whatever he can.
1: So is this the way that people t- take advantage of the quote unquote new media loophole? Yeah. Like this is the kind of thing that people do. Exactly. Got kind of taft heartily
0: yourself <clears throat> in and stuff like that. But there's, there's a lot of nuances that I'm honestly still wrapping my brain around. But the, uh, class itself is just kind of one of those indispensable things. I think actors in 2013 should have that, that nugget of knowledge for $75, I think is a good thing to have. And disclaimer, I don't, I don't get a, this isn't even a disclaimer cause it's, there's nothing to disclaim. I don't get a uh, kickback or anything. If you buy that class, I just think it's really useful information. So, um, vo2gogo.com. Uh, in fact, you know, I'll just put the specific link on the website for that class, but it's cool because he, although he speaks about it in voiceover terms, it's, it's totally applicable to your entire career. So that's my pick of the week. We have a pick of the week from a listener, Lee Vang, who's submitted several picks of the week over the years. Uh, and this one is really cool because it stands, uh, in kind of a nice contrast to our interview with Faye. In Faye's interview, she said, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like putting acting on the back burner right now. It's just, I'm always going to be an actor, but I'm kind of not actively auditioning at the moment. And this article that Lee shared is about an actress. Um, I'm not even going to try to pronounce her name. on and, Trow. I, like uh, I was going to say, I'm not going cool. to try a- to pronounce it. And then I go and, and try and pronounce it. then you go and
1: try and pronounce it. That, that <laughs> was... My guess, though, so it's probably like <clears throat> Anya is
0: probably how you actually say it, Anya, Anya, Anya Trow. Trow. Anyway, she's an actress that uh, has been in LA for uh, a few years, just working as a as a you know waiting tables and stuff like that. And she essentially set a deadline for herself. And this is something we don't necessarily condone in the podcast, but this is what she did. She said if she's not making money uh, that she can live off <laughs> of as an actor by age thirty, she's going to find a different career. And at age twenty nine. She got cast in uh, the new Superman movie, the Man of Steel movie, as as like serious. Not she doesn't say a lot, but she's on screen a lot mm-hmm. and has many scenes with um, Henry Cavill. Uh, and the article is just all about you know her journey with that, and I, you know it's kind of cool because it's like you have these places, these times where you're like, this isn't serving me. I'm going to actively let it go for the time being, and then you can also say, or you can also have these experiences where it's like. This isn't serving me, but oh, it just kicked in and now it's serving me. Mm-hmm. If I had quit a day earlier, then it wouldn't have happened. So where's that line for you, the listener? You, Albert, you, Trevor? I don't know. But um something to kind of meditate on for sure.
1: Yeah, there's that saying that I like from Transformation, it's like how often do you quit two minutes before the miracle? Yeah. Whatever. Like you know, This anyway, it is. It's a very good article. I and it's also um, something that has this this idea of like you know saying I'm going to be done at a certain age. Combined with our conversation with uh, these two things, I mean, yes, they sort of stand in contrast. But I actually combined the two of them. Those two ideas, what Faye talked about, and this and what's the ideas of this article um, have inspired me to uh, my focus this coming week is going to be on setting up um (laughs) organizational and productivity systems uh in my life um to really set me up to win in areas not just in terms of acting career but outside of my acting career so that i feel more organized feel more productive less you know reduce stress and that kind of thing yeah um which isn't necessarily like a acting quote unquote I'm making air quotes an acting related thing, but it's sort of a personal mm-hmm. human related thing. Sure, and therefore and therefore acting acting related. <laughs> related. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, awesome. Um, sweet. So more on
0: that in future episodes. <laughs> yeah, stay tuned for one hundred and ten and beyond. Uh, so I guess that does it then for episode one hundred and nine. Yeah one oh shot, one oh shot, <laughs> almost happened but it didn't uh lots of different ways that you the listener can get in touch with the podcast interact with us get your voice in the show start by going to our website insideactingpodcast.com where you can find lots of information including places to leave comments on the individual episodes as well as our email address insideactingpodcast at gmail.com we love email please send us some uh, and of course, you can leave us a voicemail as well. Two one three two actors. That's two one three two 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 eight six seven seven. And if those ways of getting in touch with us aren't really how you roll, you can.
1: Oh my God! You're tossing to me. <laughs> I'm tossing. Hang to on. It. What do we have left? What's left? <laughs> it's like a. It's like a, a list. There's. Uh. It's like a multiple cho- No, not multiple choice. Like a process of elimination. Yeah. yeah. So Twitter's left twitter.com slash inside acting check check facebook.com slash inside acting check check um inside oh you did the website already uh so actor rated on itunes just do a search for inside Uh acting yeah Leave
0: us a nice review there if you enjoyed the show
1: (laughs) and if you don't contact us first right right Right. um and uh last but not least yeah yeah you can donate to the podcast by going to our website inside acting podcast Dot com. We've got um, a donate button on the right-hand side where you can leave uh, one lump sum donation of uh, billions of dollars or set up a monthly recurring donation. Of what do we do? Three, five, ten, twenty? Still, or do? Uh, do yeah, I believe it's. I think
0: we took the twenty out. I'm not sure. Maybe it's still there. I don't remember.
1: But, um, yeah, but a recurring donation, choose. in which case you become a patron and you get a uh, bio, a little mini bio, and headshot, and links to your websites on our website, so that people can find out more about yeah. you. And, uh, there's some other things in the pipeline to add value to being a patron to the podcast. So get in now. So your grandfathered in to those things. And, um, you know, if you in general find value in what we do here and, um, you know, it has supported you in your personal or professional life, then, uh, you know, kick, kick us a few bucks and, uh, we would, uh, greatly appreciate it. And it'll, you know, give you a warm, fuzzy feeling because you're giving back to the, uh, the thing that brought you value in the first place. <laughs>
0: just an endless loop endless loop of good fuzzy warm feelings yeah yeah so i think that's all the news that fits wow for episode 109 yeah very nice all the news that fits all the news that fits i think i stole that from rolling stone magazine it's like a column they have all the news that fits yeah 109 i'm
1: trevor algott i'm aj meyer we'll see you next week And in the meantime don't quit before the miracle